Welcome to Education Honestly. I'm Claire. And I'm Shanna. Today we are talking about setting healthy boundaries at our places of work, our schools. We are not by any means experts at setting boundaries, but we've both had many lived experiences with colleagues, superiors, parents, and even students who we've had to establish boundaries with. We've learned from those experiences. We've been to PD and learned from our colleagues. And we've been to the school of hard knocks. (laughs) How many times do you wish you had spoken up or done something different at work? How many times do you wish you had advocated for yourself? You knew you needed to find the courage to say or do something that was right, but you just couldn't muster enough bravery to actually take that risk. Setting boundaries is important because they set the basic guidelines, our rules, our limits for how you want to be treated. Boundaries dictate how you expect others to behave around you. They are important for healthy personal and workplace relationships. Boundaries also demonstrate to others your self-worth, your self-respect, and your self-confidence. Setting healthy boundaries at work is hard to begin with, let alone to in a school context where the general belief is that students and their families' needs should be our top priority. Many times educators will put the needs of our students and their families above their own. And this leads to educator burnout, to say the least. As Nathaniel Brandon, author of The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem says, people with high self-esteem have strong personal boundaries and practicing strong personal boundaries is one way to build high self-esteem. So for, there are lots of different types of boundaries, but for today's purposes, we're going to stick with two basic categories, personal and workplace. So the first boundary we're going to talk about are physical boundaries. And we're all expressing physical boundaries right now. It's known (laughs) as the two meter rule or the six feet rule. Social distancing, all COVID related. Get away from me. Yeah. Now as teachers, we've always been great at setting physical boundaries with our students. They know how close to come to us and how far they need to stay away and in what context, because sometimes, you know, we invite students into our personal space and sometimes we ask them to stay away. So setting those physical boundaries is nothing new to really to students. No, it's not. And even helping them identify their boundaries with each other, hands to self, keep your distance, make the best choice. But that doesn't stop the overly huggy parent or your colleague that doesn't have a problem entering your space and taking your stuff or just, oh, the close talkers. Doesn't matter where they are, the close talkers. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's so establishing, uh, how, how do you, okay, that's a great one. How do you deal with that, Shanna? How do you deal with people, your colleagues that come in or parents that come in and are those close talkers? I usually do a slight back up or I lean backwards into something so my feet are still out ahead of me so they can't get any closer, but my physical space has stretched out. I actually learned this from, actually a superintendent taught me this one. Um, He was just coaching me on some interview skills and he said, you know, that one thing that he does is he'll put his fingers together. You know how you make, you know, well, I don't know what you would call that, but you intermingle your fingers. Sure. Yeah. You intermingle your fingers and you actually put them out in front of you. So whether you're standing so that you're basically your elbows are tucked in and your intermixed fingers or intermingled fingers are in front of you. Okay. And you either do that and you put them on a table or if you're just standing, you kind of, oh, you know what, I would, uh, 
make the analogy to you often see um oh my goodness what's her name it's that princess kate Kate Middleton. Thank you. Oh my. <laughs> the one who never got rid of her maiden name because, you know, Middleton Windsor, I don't know. Anyway, she often will stand with her hands out in front of her, um, clasped together. And it's a great way to create that visual um, space, space and that separation. So it's a great way to create physical it also Distance stops me from talking with my hands. I think that's a great side well, effect for me. <laughs> but that's a great way to set a physical boundary. I know that, you know, I thought about that. Something that I've also seen at um, the last school I worked at, they used tape on the floor so that kids knew how to how to stand. Now, of course, tape on the floor is becoming a new norm. Absolutely. Um, but it's a great way to, again, sell, um, to establish that physical boundaries. And then myself, as a drama and dance teacher, when I was trying to get the kids to really understand about physical space, I would use hula hoops. That makes loads of sense. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, hula hoops is a great way for kids to see um, their physical space. And I was just in a kindergarten classroom this week that had uh, the carpet actually created physical boundaries. It was all done in squares and circles. So all the squares created uh, a larger physical space for that child. Yeah. But the circle in the middle of that square was where that child sat. Oh, I like that. Visual cues are so helpful regardless how old you are or what setting you're in. And, you know, I think of that when students I've worked with, if you're not arm's length apart, you're too close. Well, why can't we have that same comfort with adults, parents, coworkers, my in-laws? Yeah. <laughs> well, and that brings up a great topic of emotional boundaries. Mm. And what are emotional boundaries to you, Shanna? Here's... Here's how I know what an emotional boundary is. If I feel a, this level of discomfort in my stomach or my skin doesn't feel like I'm quite in it, I know that has pushed me farther than I'm comfortable sharing. You know, and I think that's a really good point because when you decide to set healthy boundaries around uh, work, it can be not only uh, challenging to adapt those behaviors for yourself, but for those people around you as well, because you're now changing something in yourself and you're asking as a response, other people to change their behaviors around them, which makes, or around you, which makes it uncomfortable for them as well when no. you're setting those limits and expectations. Absolutely. And I think it's taken a lot of people out of their norms uh, and, and COVID being a complete example of changing how we do that. But I also think that emotional boundaries, setting emotional boundaries is also about those um, interpersonal skills. So, you know, for example, somebody coming to you and because they want to vent or dump or they're angry, including parents. Yeah. I've, ha I've had a couple phone calls with parents this week who have said, you know, you know, well, I know this isn't your fault. I know this is coming from above you. I know this is coming like not just from your school board, but from higher above from the government. And then they still proceed to go on to, and I'm not kidding you, a 15 minute rant. Yeah. Oh, well, like, yeah, that, that is crossing an emotional boundary as well. Like I get that you're upset, but and you, and you get that I can't do anything about it. But don't let that stop you from spilling all of your emotional needs all over me so it affects me. Because we are professionals, but we are human. 
Right. And just because we're professionals doesn't mean that we're the dumping ground. No. And I think really for me, actually just even having this conversation that, that there's a limit, you know, understanding your, my, what my limit is around taking on someone's emotional boundaries. And I think, you know, as we're having this conversation, one of the things that, you know, I'm wondering, Shanna, is how have you actually spent the time to stop, slow down, and think about what your personal limits are for around, you know, what you will allow your uh, yourself to take on from colleagues or parents? Have yeah. you actually done the work? I think in some areas of what limits, I absolutely have. Um, I found out last year my limits on dealing with parents who are separated. I am not your marital coach. I'm not your lawyer. I'm not your thing. And you need to figure that out and come back to me when you have something figured out. But then, but okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, Shanna. So, but you've re, so you realize that that is a limit for you. Absolutely. So then my next question is, how did you exercise that limit with those parents? I had to be completely honest with them. I cannot be your intermediator. You need to figure this out and get back to me. I had to set that limit. I had to verbalize it. So how did you do that? Because for, I think for many people, I know myself included, having that that conversation would be really difficult. So how did you prepare yourself for having that conversation? Well, one of the first things I did is I would talk to a coworker to make sure they thought that I was approaching things. And I actually spoke to the parents together. And so said, you self-checked for, I totally self-checked okay. and I liked the self-checking. It made me feel confident in my choice. Okay. And then I, took, I asked to speak to them again and said, figure yourselves out and then come back to me. And it actually ended up working out beautifully for all of us. Okay. So you use direct communication. Absolutely. Did you, so one of the things that I know that I do when I'm about to have a direct communication with somebody, I practice before and I will literally practice in front of a mirror. I will record myself and listen back if I'm feeling really, you know, apprehensive about it. I'll even video record myself and watch it back yeah. looking at my mannerisms. Did you do any of that? I like writing notes. Okay. Notes are, it's, I feel like I have a checklist and that checklist I can go back to and mentally check off my notes to know that I have the confidence to, to get all the main points and I can go through and add in while I'm talking to somebody to make sure I don't miss something based on their response and communication. So that's a concrete I require. And so that's not even just with parents, you will do that with colleagues as well. I'll do it with colleagues. There's even times when I talk to students where I'm like, maybe there's an altercation and I've talked to both students and I want to make sure that I write things down to make sure when I'm working on like a resolution or something that I make the point of, you know, child A said this to me, child B said this. I want to make sure that they communicate that to each other. And so I'll write it down. It's just the way I organize my brain and it helps me navigate. And I guess you practice, practice, practice before you execute the direct communication and the setting of boundaries. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And boundaries are, I think of it this way, life's like a river. The river has edges. If you don't have the edges, everything can spill all over the place and I can't drown in that. That's a great analogy. Thank you. I just thought I'd get on the spot. <laughs> I really like that analogy. I think that actually, and I think that's so much better than the analogy that's going around right now talking about the putting on the oxygen mask first. Yes. I really dislike that analogy. And well, I just, let's, let's for our listeners who maybe haven't oh. heard of it. There's an analogy going that if you're on a plane and the emergency air mask drops, 
that you need to make sure you put it on yourself before you put it on a child because you can't help them if you're you know incapacitated and i think the i think the point is is that you put the, your ma oxygen ma mask on first whether it's a child or at or anybody yeah it's the idea of putting itself putting it on yourself first and the reason why i do not like that analogy at all is that it's an analogy that requires an emergency or a crisis context absolutely and i do not believe that self-care or setting boundaries has to only occur during crisis. In fact, I am more apt to say that when we're exercising our boundaries and our self-care, we need to do it because we need to take care of ourselves first. And it's about giving yourself permission to take care of ourselves. And I, my experience has been personally, that I spent most of my career up until just recently not giving myself permission to take care of myself first. I really, for the longest time, subscribed to the student's first philosophy. Mm -hmm. And I realized through the series of very hard, you know, we called them hard knocks, school mm -hmm. of hard knocks, that I realized that by subscribing to that um, philosophy. philosophy that I actually wasn't setting self or sorry I wasn't setting healthy boundaries for myself and so you know I'll explain on another at another podcast that I now believe it's you know kids deserve better but it had I had to go through that school of hard knocks to really learn what boundaries are and one of my new boundaries is around time yeah and really you know knowing that when I having hard times where I'm just walking out of the building. I might come back to it later, you know, after I've spent time with my family or whatnot, but coming like having those hard times where we're going, you know what? I am walking out of the building and having those digital boundaries as well. Yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm not answering an email from anybody, parent, administration, colleague, when I'm trying to settle down my family and my mind for the day. I'm left work. This is my hard line. I'm not answering you after whatever set time is. I'm not answering you during our family dinners. And giving yourself permission to set that boundary. I mean, you know, we talk about lived experiences. I remember uh, a few years ago, quite a few years ago now, but um, I had a colleague call me in crisis at 11 p.m. because she opened up an email from a parent at 10:30 and was in tears. Ugh. And it was after that experience that I realized, you know, there's got to be you know, we need to be coming the next day rested. Yes. So setting those boundaries around time and those digital boundaries, I mean, you know, how and when we will be accessible online is really important. And there is such a push, especially having for a lot of us experience virtual learning as a whole, where, you know, you were at the other end of an email or an app or whatever easy accessibility. And it's easy to flip back in response saying, yeah, here's the answer. It's on this web page or yes, so-and-so can bring this. But there's got to be a point where you're like, nope, I, I, need, I need some space. And there's this trend right now that mommies need to be able to take care of themselves to be great parents. But so do teachers because we are educators, 
carers. We have so many hats on that we need to take care of ourselves in order. You're not being your best self. You're not being your best teacher if you're not rested, focused together. And it's so easy for everybody just to, you know, email somebody. Yes. You know, one of the, um, I was reading a research article and I believe it came out of the Principals Association in Washington, D.C. And they were talking about how the response right now, like during the last few months of summer has, you know, parents got a concern, email the principal. Teacher has a concern, email the principal. I have a question about this, email mm. the principal. And it's become email the principal. Well, now that school's back in gear, I'm wondering if it's now going to also be, you know, we're going to see. So anyway, their point was there was an uptake in emails to the principal. And my point is now as school starting, is there going to be an uptake in email to teacher as well? I've got to say that's already started because I look at my inbox and the, it's not hard to figure out a teacher's email. It's not like it's some secret code or something. It's, right. If you use and think about things, you can figure it out pretty quickly. And I'm already looking at my inbox and I'm going, I'm not answering you because it's 934 at night. But it's also just like, I, I just question whether or not, um, or I, I'm sorry, it's not a question. I'm just wondering how colleagues are setting those boundaries, those digital boundaries and, and what the new expectation will be from us as society, you know, moves forward around boundaries. Yeah, no, I don't absolutely. know. And, and to just to further for the, um, electronic boundaries, the, my coworkers and I have a WhatsApp group and it was actually set up originally for during strike time, but we've let it continue to go. And now there are those of us who are comfortable. Some of, some people answer questions on weekends and I know there will be an influx of responses Monday morning from the people who are like, Nope, I'm not opening this until it's work time because that's where their boundaries and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I actually think it's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I actually think, I think that it's a healthy boundary. I mean, there's, you know, I, I want to believe, I know I, I want to believe that's in Finland where actually might be Finland. I don't know. You're picturing maybe, a map, aren't you? I am trying to picture a map. <laughs> Thank you for our listeners who can't see what's going on in my brain. I am trying to picture a map. Claire, the map searcher. But <laughs> the point is, is that there's actually a country that has its, it, within its legislation that bosses and um, workplaces cannot uh, email their employees during non-business hours. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I know. Ooh. And that's a great way to have, to set those boundaries. Like, again, it's just about permission. It's just about giving yourself permission to say, it's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to say no. Like, I would actually even further that it's not just okay. It's required, required. you know, and, and that's just it. And, you know, and, and the last type of boundary, I think, you know, that I'm picturing are, in my mind are those interpersonal or communication boundaries, you know, what you as a, you know, as a professional, what language you find appropriate, what tone of voice you're allowing others to speak to yourself with, knowing that we all have bad days and, and good days. But if you're yelling and screaming at me or swearing at me, I have every right. And in fact, I feel it's a responsibility for me to say no. Yeah. And, you know, and that workplace attitude and those, you know, uh, conflict resolution protocols where, again, that it's okay to say no. Yeah. So... Do you want to hear a funny story about boundaries? I do. 
Um, many, many, many years ago, I was having talking to a parent came to speak to me at the end of the day, and I was they were having a very passionate conversation. But it was the end of the school day, and my bladder was rather full, <laughs> and Ooh. so I had to say to the parent, "I have to use the facilities. I will be right back." And luckily, a female. Uh, parents followed me into the washroom and continued to talk while I went to go use the bathroom. And I actually had to say, I need you to step outside because I was basically having like a performance anxiety about going to the bathroom as this parent is talking to me. And it wasn't like I wasn't willing to continue the conversation. I just needed to go to the bathroom. And when that parent left, I was able to do what I needed to do and go back. And we finished the conversations. But how often do you have to say to somebody, please leave, I need to use the facilities? Well, you know what, but this is what I get from your story, that it can be really challenging to pinpoint exactly when your boundaries are being crossed, mostly because we haven't taken the time to think about our boundaries. Absolutely. But in that case, you let your feelings be your guide. You, you know, you realize that it was uncomfortable for you. You physically impossible, right? But usually you know when your feelings, uh, when your boundaries are being crossed because you end up feeling hurt, betrayed, let down, resentful. It's the um, most visceral response is when your, your boundaries have been dinged, it's like violated, an, violated and an alarm yeah. goes off. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think about going back to, you know, you, your very direct communication of no. You know, Warren Buffett is quoted as saying the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. Well, Warren Buffett is definitely the financial <laughs> example of success. Perhaps I should say no to way more things and I'd be fabulously rich. I like that idea. Hmm. Well, I think the biggest thing that we've learned... Um, well, I know I've learned from today's conversation is that setting boundaries is complicated. It's hard. It takes thought to figure out what my limits are. And then in order to execute them, I'm going to need to practice, 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 because it's going to put me into a place of discomfort. And it's necessary. necessary. And one of the things that I, I think I've maybe neglected to say is it's okay to set a boundary and by not communicating something, by mm. shutting the person or the email or the phone call down. In like, a polite way. Or just, you know, in my, my example of like the email, I got an yeah. email that last week and I just am not responding because it was abusive and it wasn't my fault. It had nothing to do with me. And so therefore I'm not having that conversation. And yeah. if you need to go to somebody above me and have that conversation, don't, don't, don't second guess that I haven't already had that conversation anyways, and I have permission to shut them down because that's the one good thing. I feel very fortunate. I have a really respectful and supportive of men, but not everybody has that, but it's okay to say, no, I'm not even giving you my time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Like sometimes we just have to just remember that we are all human. Yes. We are all in this together. Okay, cliche. Uh, thank you. <laughs> you know I don't like that saying either. I'm no, like, oh no. We're not cliche people. No, really. So no. I'd like to say to everybody, we are education, honestly, and this has been a very honest conversation about boundaries. Absolutely. Don't forget that we would love to hear through you, to, from you, to you, through you, or our social media. We are at Education Honestly on Instagram, and we are um, the same call, well, the same slash, I guess through Facebook and we would love to hear from you. DM us. Can't wait to hear from you. Thanks so much. I'm Claire and I'm Shanna. Until, Until next, next time. Oh, we didn't mean to do that together. No. I liked it. <laughs> Have a good day, everybody. <laughs> or night or evening. Okay. Cut me off. <laughs> <laughs>